Welcome to the Digital Coffee Date, created and hosted by Jessica Rosado, writer, producer, content creator, and entrepreneur. This podcast is your weekly inspirational dose of incredible women who are making a powerful global footprint. Our conversations feature different women from all walks of life who share their experiences through both successes and failures alike. These stories empower and encourage the female footprint in a society originally structured for them to fail. Whether it be through philanthropy, entrepreneurship, or even the corporate ladder, women are creating a global footprint that will impact the future. This week's digital coffee date is with creative director and CEO of For His Glory Entertainment, Raina Joy Banks. Hey, gorgeous. How are you? I'm amazing, gorgeous, number one. (laughs) How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing really well. I'm so excited to have my sister friend on the show today. Uh, Same here. I'm so happy to be a part of this. What you're doing is so amazing, Jess, and I'm so, so excited for you. And I'm just excited to join forces with you and be in one of your interviewees. And I know that so many more are going to come that are going to change the game for your vision. Thank you, Ray. Thank you. You're welcome. So let's jump right into it. So among the many hats that you wear so flawlessly, might I add, (laughs) you you run a few faith-based companies. So can you tell us what For His Glory Entertainment, To Live, and the It's Time Conference is all about? Yes, absolutely. So um, FHG Entertainment was the first one to start uh, about around 2010 um, because I saw an issue in the entertainment industry for believers. And what I saw was that we were having to compromise and take jobs that ideally we might not really want to do or that we felt like were against what we stood for. But what other jobs can we get if there's nothing else available? And so what I did is I started FHG to help cover, cultivate, connect, and catapult talent. Whether if you're a dancer, singer, writer, producer, it doesn't matter what you do, but it's entertainment-based. Um, and connect them to projects and jobs that we were being booked on, that even I was being booked on with like gospel artists, gospel films, any type of gospel live shows, anything like that to where I could book them on jobs, build their resumes all at the same time, but where they're now doing jobs for the kingdom where they don't have to just take any job in the industry because they had open doors and opportunities in the other realm. And so that was the focus of FHG. And then we began to start building out projects for people, executive producing projects for people um, that were believers that had great visions, but people were overlooking them all because they weren't a name yet. So that's what we've been known for, for FHG, which stands for For His Glory Entertainment, but we just go by FHG so we can draw the people in through God's love, but not throwing Jesus at them, but then they still get Jesus all at the same time. Um, So that's the for-profit. Our nonprofit is To Live, and To Live uh, came about, I did a Dance To Live tour through FHG back in 2014, and I just funded it myself, sending myself everywhere in the United States, and then people from overseas started requesting and wanting me to come teach the art of dance. But the difference from other workshops and masterclasses was that um, I was on a sabbatical taking a break because my career as a dancer for all the greats was just becoming too much for me, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, all of that. So I stepped away and was like, how could I still do what I love, but not doing what I love, but raising up the next generation. So I sent myself all over the US, then um, went overseas. And the Dance to Live workshop masterclass tour became this thing of where dancers would just um, pay a small registration fee and take a three-hour workshop class with me in all the different states. But then at the end, they could audition to be a part of FHG. So when we have jobs coming up, we could then book them on those jobs because they're already in our database. So we have like a crazy database, like hundreds and thousands of like dancers and actors and all those things. So when things come up in different states or countries, we can automatically connect them to them. So when I started the Dance to Live tour, It was just an outlet for me to be able to raise up the next generation to live their dreams without compromising. But knowing like in the class, I asked them, you have no reason to dance unless you have these three focus points. 
what are you fighting for and or who are you fighting for? What has fear been keeping you from? And what are you going to do about it today in this class and after you leave? And so that became like the mantra of the whole vision. And people literally signed up just because of that. It was setting the captives free through the art of dance in a way that I didn't even know that it could. Um, so when I was down from a breast cancer scare in 2016, I had two surgeries. Um, and the second surgery in December, ni- December 19, 2016, when I got the mass removed, I literally woke up from that surgery and was brought home to my parents' house. And literally the Lord said, I need you to start a 501c3, a nonprofit. And I was like, wait, what? I don't know anything about that. I was like, (laughs) I know about for profits. I know about investing in people and giving to nonprofits, but I don't know about building one or starting one. He said, you already know. He's like, just do it. And you already know what it's called. And I was like, no, I don't. What's the name of it? And he goes, you already know. And I'm like, no, I don't. What's the name of it? Like I was going back and forth with God. Okay. And Mm -hmm. I was like, just tell me what it is. And he goes, you already know. And I was like, wait, dance to live. He said, take the dance off. And I was like, whoa, to live. He said two, when two or more gathered together in my name, I am in the midst because two means unity. Mm-hmm. And it's like the covenant and sealing things and the completion of things. And then uh, live is L I V V V three V's, the father, the son, the Holy spirit. So therefore there's no E meaning it never dies. It lives on for all the generations to come, meaning they're living their dreams to live out their ultimate legacy. Right. And wow. a legacy lives on past you passing away. Mm-hmm. So I was like, Oh my God. Okay. So it was, he was like, so there's 16 to live. And I was like, wait, hold on. Dance to live, write to live, sing to live, produce to live, um, create to live, uh, film to live, capture to live, direct to live, like speak to live, style to live, design to live, like all these. And I was like, whoa, what? And so it became like an epidemic. And so with that, the 501c3, our main goals, one, not only to just travel the world, teaching the arts all across, you know, the globe with workshops and masterclasses with some of our celebrity friends that I've worked with hands-on and booked on jobs or whatnot, but also building housing for artists. Um, We have one down payment on, um, with a company that we were at a down payment on a home, but now they were like, we had to sell it after three months because we didn't get the rest of the money because our main donor ended up not receiving his funds to then bless us. So they said, we'll keep the down payment and we'll put it towards any of our houses that you want that see that, that sees like that represents the vision that you're going for, for the artist. So I was like, oh my God, are you serious? Cause usually after 30 days, that's it. Your yeah, down payment yeah. is gone. Right. And, but but the the builders, their their journey was what we're doing for people. They moved to the States, lived in their cars, had nothing, and then they built the Arzuman brothers vision. And so they were a stem of what they said if we had to live when we were growing up. When we first started this vision and moved to the States, they were like, we would have been even further off than where we are now. So they were mm-hmm. like, let us just hold your deposit. And when you guys have the rest of the funding then you can pick any of our new homes that fit your vision and we'll put that down payment towards whichever home you pick. And I was like, what? I was like, okay, God. So that's the vision is to have 12 locations around the world where we have artist homes for artists to live for free, then to go through artist development programs and like an incubator. So like, say if you're a dancer, but you want to learn how to direct and you want to learn how to songwrite, then you're literally learning all three of those things, your main and then your two electives, but you're also booking jobs and sitting in sessions and learning the craft and being on set while you're going through the, the, the incubating process of being cultivated. So with to live, it's cultivate, connect, create, and catapult. And so the four C's. And so, um, then with that as well, we do like after school programs, we have a partnership with laser and uh, we're starting with dance to live for their after school, but they want to bring in acting and painting and all of those things. And then we, um, And then we are also birthing like projects through to live. So we want to incubate them to where I don't just like when I raised up the last generation of people, I just sent them off to sign with whatever agents, whatever managers they want, whatever, Mm -hmm. but there's still wolves and sheep's clothing out there. And so people are like, Raina, why are you raising up all these talent and booking them on so many jobs, but then just throwing them away to then people that are going to take advantage of them half the time or do wrong by them. And I was like, what? They're like, you need a management firm. So that's where C4 management came from. It's the acronym of what to live stands for cultivate, connect, create, and catapult, but it's a management firm. So now that we don't have to just release you, you can sign with us and we continue to take you on your journey. Wow. So that's the fulfillment of those two entities, which are strictly arts and entertainment based and ministry based. Um, But then we have the It's Time Conference, which has been like my baby of all time, where literally women have been birthed into being whole, healed and free and setting themselves up to live their ultimate legacy in whatever it is that they do. You don't have to be entertainment. You don't have to be 
Um, you don't even have to be a believer. There are women that aren't saved that come to my conference. And it's just because it's that sound when God said, I need you to stop running from doing your conference. Cause when I did my first one in 2016 that I put on my own, that's when my breast cancer scare started. Mm. Literally when I was walking out of that conference, because I had a lot of people working with me in that conference that weren't ready for the spiritual warfare. So I was literally delivering everyone through the power of Jesus Christ all by myself. It ended at three. The conference ended at three and we didn't leave till seven 30 oh because goodness. it literally took me all day to deliver, lay hands. And I had no backup. So when I left out that day, that's when the whole situation started. Uh, with my pre-breast cancer scare. And it was because I was over-nurturing everyone else and under-nurturing Raina. I didn't have the support and the backup that I needed. And it was like the enemy was like, oh, let's take her out now. Mm -hmm. It was almost like a setup, you know? And so that's the moment I realized having the right team and the best team, a God-chosen team, is so important because then you don't get hit like that when you're covered and protected. Yes. Um, So when I started that one, which was a different a different title. I took two years off to kind of like two and a half years, secondly, to regroup and to figure out, okay, God, like if you want me to do this, you're going to have to send the right people and we're gonna have to do this the right way. And I need you to know, I need to know what it is. Like, what is it called? And he said, it's time. And I was like, wait, what? He's like, it's time because it's always time. Mm -hmm. He said, there's never a time when it's not time because I'm God omnipotent and all knowing, and I'm not moved by time, but I do as I need to, when I need to, however I choose to through whoever I choose to use for my children across the world. And why not start with my women who are more sensitive to my spirit? Cause we function more like the Holy spirit. Men function more like Jesus, like man, you Mm -hmm. know? Um, and so we function as a Holy Spirit. A lot of times we're a lot easier to get to, build up, uh, gird up and prepare to then give the warnings and the setups for the king, for the head. As we're the neck, the men are the head. Of course, the enemy is going to try to break us the most because when you break someone's neck, what happens? They die. The head cannot even function without with a broken neck. So as the It's Time conference started out with a vision for women, it was to literally get women sound in who they are and whose they are in Christ. No longer settling, no longer living in a mediocre version of themselves, no longer compromising, no longer apologizing for who they are and what they're called to do. But at that same time, in that same space, now being able to be so secure in who you are and loving yourself that you can now go and truly love a king the right way and help build him and not lead him, but build him in the midst of him leading. Those are two different things. And I've learned that throughout my years. Like we're not called to lead a man, but we are called to partner with him to help build out a legacy and a vision that he may have on the inside of him, whether it's ministry, whether it's business, whatever. Mm-hmm. And so now it's time conference. Last year was it's time to live. This year was it's time to be free because God was literally saying, I need my women free. I need them whole, healed, and free to step into their ultimate legacy. He kept telling me that over and over again. And I was like, okay, God, okay, okay. He's like, no, like move on it, like do it. And I'm like, <laughs> and last year I funded that whole thing by myself. And wow. oh, girl, it cost me like 90K. Oh my and I, I didn't know how to get sponsors. I still don't know how to get sponsors. I didn't know how to do the asking because I'm so used to just helping other people. So I just funded it myself. But God was like, no more. You can't do that anymore. I want people, you're cutting people off from being able to be a blessing to you because mm-hmm. you're being, you're being the one to just execute everything. When I've actually called people and assigned people to help um, pour into what you're doing, but they don't even know you need it because you always handle it. He's like, mm-hmm. so now I'm doing it where you can't do it by yourself. I'm making it to where you need people and that you will speak out loud. Hey, I need this. I need a, a decorator. I need this. I need that. I need that. Right. So then people know, okay, she needs help. Let's go and serve. He's like, because as they bless you, I'm going to bless them. You're cutting people back from their blessings because you have all the answers. He's like, stop it. So literally this year, I went through that purging process of like, <laughs> what? And so, yep. um, so next year, it's like, it's been a statewide thing, but it seems like in the States, there's already so many options, so many conferences, so much going on. God was like, I'm doing this in a different way. Could you put your idea down and lay hold to my idea? And he's like, they're asking for it internationally. So why aren't you taking it to where they're asking for it? And I was like, oh my gosh. (laughs) You're like, what? (laughs) I was like, I can barely function with one in the States where I actually live. Like, what do you mean? And God would like, just say yes. And I will bring the people. I will do whatever it will fund itself, but just surrender to the fact that it's not like any other conference that has ever been done before. It's not what you're used to attending or speaking at. It's different. I've called it into its own lane because it's always time. And it's not just time in the United States. It's time all over Mm -hmm. the world. And I was like, Oh, okay. (laughs) Got it. Got it, Lord. Okay. Got it. So 
that's pretty much what uh, what those entities are. And through To Live, we'll, we're going to be birthing the first ever um, 501c3 clothing line, apparel line, Ooh, fitness line. Exciting. Like merchandise, all of that stuff. Because that's amazing. You, thank you. So it's, you're gonna be one of the models for it. That's hey. for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and literally, it's like because I see like Tom's is a 501c3, but it's only shoes. Mm-hmm. And I never knew that until recently. And I, I was like, wait a second. Didn't know that either. Yeah, yeah. So every time you buy Tom's shoes, you're literally it's going straight to a 501c3 directly. Oh, wow. So okay. I was like, what better way for the 501c3 to fund itself? Because I was I've been funding that myself all these years too. Um, when I started that one in 2016. So I was like, Lord, like what? And he's like, it can fund itself. Just use what I've given you. Use everything that I've put inside of you gifting wise so that it begins to birth forth the pro- the, um, the provision for every vision. And I was like, oh my gosh. So everyone loves fitness. Everyone needs fitness apparel. Everyone needs cool clothes. Like I want to put like my friend's type of clothing mixed with my type of swag and create a clothing line based off of that. Yeah. Um, and so I was just like, okay, God, whatever you want, like I'll do it. I'm not a designer. Absolutely not. Definitely not. But, <laughs> but I know so many and I know people that there's always someone looking for that next brand to partner with or that next band brand to sign off with and work with and, and build with and create millions and billions of dollars for something that's bigger than ourselves, you know? Um, so that is an entity of what we're doing as well as getting into TV and film for the to live project, because the world needs to see what these artists are doing, what they need and how they're prospering when every day they're fighting just to breathe and to live out their dreams, you know, but, but people don't get to see that side. They only see when we book the big Beyonce jobs or the big Mm -hmm. Usher or the big Bieber or like the, the award show or whatever. They don't see the process that it takes to get to that point of becoming that household name. So I think it's just time for people to like open them up to seeing the truth about the journey, but how artists need help. They need support. Like so many families, I have so many artists that I know who families wrote them off all because they didn't want to be a doctor or lawyer, but they were answering their call from God. And so it's like, what happens to those people? They end up committing suicide. They end up depressed. They end up with anxiety. They end up with stress. They end up no longer wanting to even do what they were called to do because of the lack of support or being looked over, being cut off. And so that's what to live is. It's like, you have to live in what God has put inside of you. And we will do whatever we have to, to make sure that happens. I'm just inspired listening to you talk about you know, all of these different things that you've built. It's, it's wonderful you, and truly, truly a blessing to many Thank people. You. Um, you. So we are all out to find our purpose. And the biggest part about what people seek to do in their lives is finding something that they're passionate about yes. and making that their life's work. So you've done this on many different levels. So I'm really curious as to what made you decide that you would take your passions and turn them into companies, not only just turn them into their own businesses, but have them actually rooted in faith. Because I think it's important to talk about that as well as a whole. Obviously, you're a woman of God, but you could have done these different you know, entertainment companies and how you're uplifting people without having it rooted in God. So what made you decide this is how I'm going to move? Oh my gosh. So I would say this, um, it's like that scripture where it says, um, nothing with God is impossible. So it's like, if it's not with him, that means that it possibly could be impossible. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we only look at scripture the way that it's written versus what would life be like if the scripture was reversed. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it's that whole aspect of write the vision, make it plain. So man can take it and run with it. What I realized is when you partner with God and the scripture that says everything you do for Christ will last. So my whole thing was like, God gave me these gifts. Who am I to take them and use them for anything other than him? And when he gave me the vision of these companies, it was literally the understanding of the fact that if I built these companies, not on the foundation of him, when he gave them to me and gave me the vision of them and the blueprint to them, then they wouldn't last. And let alone, they may work, but they would only work for so long, or they may impact people, but they would only impact people so much. And they would Mm -hmm. maybe go and change lives, but possibly maybe only so many, so many lives. So what, with God involved, you can get to the billions, but sometimes without him involved, not sometimes, 
technically, usually without him involved and being a child of his and knowing that he gave this to me, taking it from him and doing it on my own as if I could do it by myself would maybe get to the couple of hundreds. So would I rather get to the billions of people or would I rather get to the couple of hundreds of people just in my state or in my surrounding cities? And so I had to look at the aspect of like, this is too big for me. This is bigger than me. So the only thing that's bigger than me is Abba Father. Mm-hmm. So for me to birth this, I would have to do it with the one that is all knowing, all seeing, mm-hmm. all planning, all structuring, all strategizing. Yes. And the one who sees everything before it even comes. I There's no way I could have even built, especially without even having an infrastructure. I have a team now that's helping build out the infrastructure. But imagine like, what would happen if I didn't have God, I would have never been able to understand the blueprint of my vision. He made it to where I had to trust him and seek him the whole way through and the opportunities that would come. I wouldn't even pitch the company for anything. People just started calling and coming to me, whether it was faith-based, whether it was gospel, whether it was churches, whether it was uh, the secular world mainstream, whether it's my dance agents, whether it was entertainment companies I had worked with, it didn't matter. People would just literally come to me. I wasn't having to petition heaven. People would say, hey, Ray, I seen this work that you did. Could you guys do this for us? Could we hire FHG for this? And I'm like, wait, what? Yeah, like I would wake up to new opportunities, but I knew for a fact that it was literally only because of God because I kept the visions in his hand. I said, okay, God, like if I'm gonna do this, then I'm gonna I'm gonna trust that if I put this in your hands and that you are telling me to do this, I'm obey, that you will be with me the whole way and that you would bring it forth the way that you called for it to. And that's pretty much what happened. So it was more of, if I did this alone, would it actually prosper the way that it was called to? But if I did this with God, the one who spoke it to the, my spirit, the depths of my spirit, and who placed it within me, even in my dreams in the middle of the night or whatever, if I did it with him, how far could it actually go? How many people could it actually reach? How many lives and families could it actually change? And so that was the whole focus of not wanting to take it out of his hands, but to keep it in his hands. That's amazing. So what impact have you personally seen your companies have, not just, you know, for women of faith, but for women overall? And I'm sure men are also touched by the work that you do as well. But I just want to know, particularly women, what have you personally seen this impact look like? Oh, my gosh. Um, There are so many situations and scenarios, but um, mostly in general, uh, most of them came into my life with either little to none work resumes when it comes to entertainment work, when it comes to um, whether if it was even business, uh, personal life, um, destruction, uh, depression, um, anxiety, um, feeling unworthy, feeling inadequate, allowing their past to keep them from their promised land. There's so many scenarios, even celebrities that we know now that have come into my life and across my path and have become like sisters in Christ that came to me broken. And at one point their careers were thriving. And at another point it was like downgrade, like as if nothing was coming, as if they were invisible to the world. And so I often end up getting partnered with people in these seasons of them, of them living in the unknown. And when that happens, um, God has given me a gift, not only to love on people, but to see people through his eyes and to see them in their truth and to see them in, um, his spirit and not with where they've been, what they've done, what they didn't do right. Or, or who they were married to, who they divorced, or what, you know, what child they've lost, multiple miscarriages, abortions, what you name it, like some of the stuff that has come across uh, my table and, and my, and my, and my companies and businesses, and even people booking shows and losing the shows, you know, like Mm -hmm. crazy stuff. And so what I've learned is how FHG to live and myself and the ministry and God's hand on us all has affected them is it was almost like, we were their reset button. It was like God used us to reset their who, what, when, where, how, and why. And that they were more than where they've been. They're more than even their right now, but they were they were chosen for what's to come. And so a lot of those women that, women that went from having everything to then having nothing began to have everything again. 
We begin to partner them with projects. We begin to hear their heart, help them birth that TV idea or that film idea, or help them, um, like again, build their resume, book them on things that they may not have even been called for because nobody was thinking of them and putting them at the forefront, even posting them just from time to time to let them know, Hey, she's here. She's alive. She's available. Like she's like, she's an amazing actress, whatever. And helping people create their reels and like just different things and content and, and relatively uh, relativity and books. Some of them have come out with books. Now, some of them have um, been on magazines. Some of them, we just created a deal between one of them and um, one of the live live streaming, streaming, not live, but streaming platforms, like a distribution deal. We just got her signed the distribution deal for her book, for her audiobook. So now she's not just throwing an audiobook out there, but she's getting paid every single time someone clicks it, every single time someone subscribes to it, every single time someone just listens to it, you know? Yeah. Um, and then we just get a small percentage of that um, as a thank you from her, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's when they thought it was over, when they thought they were nothing or when they thought they weren't worthy, God would then connect them to us. They would find us or we would find them. And literally we would cultivate, cover them, cultivate them, connect them, create with them and catapult them back into greater than where they were before the fall or before the drought or before the pain or before the suicide attempt or before the divorce or before the children. You know, a lot of moms are affected by their careers and not thriving in their visions because Sometimes the husband's like, well, you've had kids now sit down and be quiet or just focus on the kids. But there's still, if you're living, there's still purpose inside. You're not saying your kids aren't your purpose, but they're only a piece of your purpose. It's an assignment from God. We don't own, I don't have kids, but adults, they don't own their children. They're lended to them. God lends their kids to them, to raise them up, to cultivate them, and then to, uh, to send them off, to birth them to their greater levels of living their life and promises. But that's not your end all be all. When you become a mom, it's just an extension of your legacy and your promised land, Mm -hmm. but there's more for you. So we've literally seen, even with the artists that I was working with for the past like two years or whatever, and I stopped working with them as of like spring, but it was like before I was working with her, she was cutting herself and she met me a week later. And then God had me come in and help turn their entire family's life around uh, for the better, for the greater good of him and to teach them about Jesus, to get them to understand the love of Christ and how to love each other and to restore their bloodline and to also heal from feeling like they're inadequate or not enough. But yet they have everything in the world's eyes tangibly, but in the spirit, they were dying, you know? Yeah. Um, so knowing that our assignments aren't always just business focused, but sometimes our assignments are bigger than the check. They're bigger than the, the job description or the title. Mm-hmm. They're actually because God is saying they need uh, what's the word? Um, when you revive, they need reviving when someone's on that table and they're pumping those little, um, Oh, resuscitate. Thank you. Yes. Yes. They need resuscitation. (laughs) You know, I was like, dang it. What is that word? Um, (laughs) they need resuscitating. And so that's kind of what FHG has been. And to live has definitely been for so many people saved or not saved. Like People always want to know, how do I get God? By the time we're done with them, they're like, why is, why is our, why is our set so peaceful? Why is our set so fun? And they're like, it's gotta be because of FHG. And literally people say, you guys bring God's love, but professionalism and excellence, but God's love, there's no attitude. There's no arguing. There's no nothing. And, and a shoot that was supposed to be like 16 hours ends up being done in like 10 Mm -hmm. because the work ethic is so epic and so insane, but people get God while they're getting the love. And I always say, it's all about releasing the sound of God's love. Then people will be drawn to him. If you love them first, then they'll begin to love your God. Right, right, right. So what would you say is something you learned about yourself on this journey just as a businesswoman? Because I'm sure there are many lessons um, because I know, you know, just in the life of being an entrepreneur, we're constantly dealing with things that we didn't know about before. And then we've almost, we almost have to teach ourselves and we, you know, but we also learn about ourselves, not just about other things of business, but we learn, okay, so I'm this way. This is what I need to, you know, be productive. This is what I need to do to do, you know, to, to accomplish this said thing. So what would you say is, is just something of importance that you have learned about yourself on this journey? Oh my gosh. (laughs) Girl, Jess, I tell you, I've learned so much. It's like kind of scary. I could write a whole nother book (laughs) about this process in itself. Um, one, 
being a woman in entertainment and ministry is not easy. Mm-hmm. Um, I will tell you, it's even harder being in both industries, being in entertainment and being in ministry. Those are two separate industries, two separate um, entities that are very weighing on you as a person and individual, but also weighing in a magnitude of wow, God, like we did this, you know, like a beauty of a weight, but then also a painful of a weight, you know? Right. Um, and so as a woman in um, entertainment, I learned not everything. The, okay. Let me put it this way. My mom taught me this a couple of years back. And she said, when people, people are always talking, even when they're not talking. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I never in my life fully, fully understood that until, until you did. Um, I, <laughs> yes, <Yep>. exactly. <laughs> literally. And I was like, Whoa, wait a second. And because there's a lot that people aren't saying, even in the midst of all mm-hmm. that they're saying. Yes. And, and what I've seen in my life is that, see, I'm a person that everyone starts out with trust. Mm-hmm. You have all my trust until you prove otherwise. And then even then I still show you grace and still trust you and show you more grace and mercy and still trust you until it's like, oh my God, I'm bleeding, right, you know? Right. Um, and so I think my greatest um, struggle in this business, um, the business side of the industry's entertainment side of my career um, as a woman has been... Um, over trusting people and overly uh, being accessible and available mm. outside of when God really might not want me to, right. you know, um, understanding that people are not always saying what they're actually saying. Sometimes because I love God so much, people will use that to kind of get their their safe place in with me. Mm-hmm. As long as I'm talking about Jesus, Raina's going to be okay. She's going to trust me. She's going to let me in. She's going to, you know, work with me, partner with me and all that. Like, girl, those days are over. Yeah. Like over. Like I didn't realize how gullible I was just by people saying the name of Jesus. Right. Literally. Right. And so um, I realized that in the midst of that, um, through the process of this journey, I noticed that I won one, one thing is an overachiever. Two, um, is I was a people pleaser and three, I never wanted anyone to come across my path and feel that they had ever been rejected by me Mm. because I was bullied majority of my life growing up through elementary school, preschool, all the way through college. Mm -hmm. And so, and even as adults, I've gone through some things too, as well. Um, so I found myself overly loving on people, overly trying to open up doors for people, overly trying to book people, overly trying to pay people, overly trying to bless people, overly trying to be available to people, all because I never wanted to make someone feel what I felt my entire life. Right. And when that happens, that's dangerous because when God is saying back up, aunt, aunt, mayday, mayday, back up, step away from the person, step away from the vehicle, step away from that project, step yes. away from the situation, step away from that family, whatever it is, step away from that booking, don't take that job. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, God, but, but they believe in you and they love you, but every good thing is not a God thing. Mm, and yes. so I've learned that throughout my years is that Raina, just because you battled rejection your whole life, doesn't mean that you overly give everyone access just because you don't want them to endure what you've endured. When God says it's a no, it's a no. And obeying him is more important than someone feeling rejected. God said, I will heal them. I will fi- I will work with them. I will handle however they feel from you being obedient to me. But you can never apologize for me because I'm God. So when I tell you to do something, I need you to do it because that's an order from heaven to protect you because you always get warning before devastation with God. Yes. He will always give you, and he'll give you more than one warning, but it's up to us to listen before it's too late. Mm-hmm. And so through my ministry side, I learned just because everyone calls doesn't mean you have to answer. I like that. Yeah. Period. There are certain things that I truly can't fix for others. I can pray somebody out of a storm within milliseconds. That's my gift. Spiritual warfare. I will fight a demon way before I ever try to fight a person. I'm not a fighter of people. I love people too much to hit them, but I will go toe to toe with a demon, you know, and principalities and all that. But, but the only thing is, is that I could fight all day for you, but if you're not ready to be free, yeah, it's yeah. like it's like throwing punches in the air. And what they say, that's more exhausting. You actually wear yourself out when you miss a punch mm, than you do when you yeah. actually hit the, the target. And so if I'm warring and praying for you and picking up your every phone call because you need a, a, a hope and a prayer and a, and a dream to come out of your, your, your witchcrafty season or whatever you want to call it, right. honey, I, I can't do what you aren't ready for me and God to do. To do. 
Yes. So I learned every call is not meant to be picked up. Does not mean you are not a good woman or man of God. Does not mean that you're not a great pastor and now being ordained. It's like I'm covering and protecting myself even more because some people are sent on assignment by the enemy just to drain you of your power and to drain you of your resources and to drain you of your stamina that God actually needs for you to have for somebody else that might be calling right after them. Mm -hmm. But yet you miss your assignment because you just picked up because you didn't want anyone to feel rejected or you didn't want anyone to feel like you weren't available or you didn't want anyone to feel like, oh, you don't love them. No, I love you more if I make myself unavailable when God is trying to get your attention outside of me coming in and trying to be your saving grace. Mm -hmm. That means I love you more. Mm -hmm. I'm not loving you the way that I should if I get in God's way every time you call. So there's a lot of lessons in there, but definitely the mains were one nurturing self-care is what I never did in my entire life. And I've been forced to do it these past three months of this year, Uh, more so two months, two and a half months or whatever of this year. But it's self-care in the midst of being the, uh, being that world changer. And you know, mm-hmm. Jess, you're a trailblazer, you're Absolutely. a world changer. Like we have to yeah. learn how to stop, sit and submit. And I've preached that sermon all over the U S and in different countries and stop, sit and submit. The three S's are so important because if you don't, then guess what? You won't be available for when it's time for you to. Absolutely. You know? Whatever God is preparing us for, we never want to be so worn out. I always say you want to give from your overflow, not from your empty cup. He didn't say, he said, your cup would runneth over. And that's the space that you give from. It's not you're empty and then you're still giving. Like It's like if a car, a car runs out of gas, you actually could total a car if you let that happen over and over again, where you're running on E. The car cannot do anything. You have to call AAA. They got to give you a little bit, $10 worth of gas. It's happened to me before. That's why I can tell you flat out. (laughs) And then you have to get to a gas station as quick as possible before you run out of gas again. And they have to fill up your car and then you can go the extra mile. But oftentimes that happens because you don't want to stop. You're just trying to get to where you're going. But it what happens is you end up getting to where you're going even later because you wouldn't stop when your when your car was saying, "Hey, I need to be filled. I need to be filled." So what you, where you would have gotten in the hour that you were supposed to get there, you now don't get there until three hours later, all because you didn't want to take a moment to fill yourself up when you knew you were about to run out of gas. Mm-hmm. So it's a lesson of me learning now through this, this level of life and seasons of ministry and entertainment is that don't wait until I have nothing left. Surround myself around people that are equally yoked, that are iron sharpens iron, like how we are with each other that yes. really gird you and speak life into you. Surround yourself with people that don't just don't, that don't really need you, but just want to be around you. Yes. That's the difference. I had a lot of I was always a person who was needed to be needed. So I attracted needy people. Mm. And that's why I was always empty. Yes. That was the hugest lesson I learned throughout this journey of ministry and entertainment is that you matter even when you have nothing to give. Yes. You matter. Mm -hmm. You have to matter to yourself and then you'll begin to matter to others. People are only a reflection of what you see in yourself. They only treat you the way that you treat yourself. They only love on you the way that you love on yourself. If you don't love on yourself, they're not going to love on you either. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, so that those are a lot of nuggets, but <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a learning journey. And I mean, yeah. I think personally, you know, I'm big on the self-care tip, you know, that, yes. <laughs> you know, I think I, it's true because I think it's so important. And I think anybody who is an entrepreneur or whatever you do for work, whether it's a corporate ladder, whether you're, you know, running a nonprofit, whatever, yeah. you know, God has called you to do. Yeah. I think it's incredibly important to take those moments and those times of rest and to unplug, literally unplug and just say, I need time. And I I recently went through that, you know, where I just said like, I am going to be no good to anybody if I am just emotionally, mentally, and physically drained. And so until I feel like I am build back up to where I need to be to do the things that God has called me to do. I am going to just take a moment. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> you know? so real. My mom told me a long time ago as well that your body, even physically, has a way of telling you like enough is enough. Like you're not listening to me. The mind is just going, going, going. The heart's just going, 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 going. And your body eventually goes enough. So we, when it gets to that point, it's because you have not listened to 
you know, what you, what you've been told to just calm down, to take a moment, to take time for yourself and regroup. And, um, and that's oftentimes where a lot of people end up feeling so run down, so sick, so ragged. So like, oh my gosh, you know? Yeah. And, um, and I tend to do that because I am a very like energized, I'm, you know, super ambitious, super driven. So I have a very like, go, 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 go mentality. Yeah. And if I sit still for too long, I'm just like, whoa, there's so many things I could be doing right now in this moment. Like, what do you mean? And so I have to force myself into it so that I don't get to those points where I'm just, you know, dead to the world, basically. Yeah. You know, so I recently learned that and I'm like, you know what? It's okay to say, Hey, I need this week. Hey, I need these two weeks. Right, <laughs> hey, I need, right. you know, whatever it is that you need, you know, to take that right. time to, you know, come back to yourself. So on A Woman's Worth, we talk about this current societal shift too, where yes. more and more women are united and speaking out about things that we deserve, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, so how do your platforms contribute to this powerful moment in time? Oh my gosh. Yeah. I would honestly say, oh, in so many levels and in so many ways, um, I, I throw out the aspect of that women are the why to so many outlets whether if it's business, whether if it's entrepreneurship, whether if it's ministry, whether if it's um, the next new biggest thing, we're birthers. And everything in life, if you think about it, starts from nothing and is birthed into something. Mm-hmm. So for me, I feel like with FHG to live, even it's time conference C4, I feel like the the aspects of how it was once just an idea or just a promise from God and how it was birthed through a process is what it has been doing and been able to do for so many women that counted themselves out. Um, Women oftentimes feel inadequate all because society has all these different stereotypes of what a woman should, what's, what's considered beautiful, what's considered ugly, what's considered great, what's considered not so great, what's considered thriving, what's considered success, what's considered failure, what's considered all these, and they have these images, right? Mm-hmm. They have these images, you're thriving if you are a size four, or you're this, and that's changed drastically through the years, thank God, because we have plus size models that are kicking tushy now, yeah, and that absolutely. are so amazing, and they're promoting them mm-hmm. as such, but we still have those layers of being too dark, too light, too blonde, too brown, mm-hmm. too blue, blue of eyes, too dark of eyes. Like there's so many different things that I've seen yeah. in, in families, in culture, in business, in entrepreneurship and ministry, where there's always something that says to a woman, you're not enough or you're too much. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep, absolutely. And so with, with the businesses that I've built out, it breaks the chains of the fact that a woman is either not enough or too much. It literally stands up and says, every woman matters. Every woman is important. Every woman has something inside of them to push out because every woman is a birther and men can't even birth without a woman. Birthing doesn't even exist without a woman. Like God made it that way. He built it that way. Mm -hmm. Without a woman, all things are impossible. Okay. He created that tone from the beginning of time that we are not to be treated as anything other than uh, high in love, life, mm-hmm. legacy, purpose. There is no legacy without right. us. So through yeah. every entity that we have, it literally says like, are you ready to birth? It's time to birth. Like people have become just from stepping foot into FHG or to live, they have become what they never were before, or they've evolved into what they never thought they could be from where they were before, you know? And everyone has mm-hmm. always been birthing from one level to the next, to the next, to the next. No one has come into the visions or into the company to through the companies and stayed stagnant. Everyone is soaring in some way. They're either on tour with someone. They're either on someone's movie, movies, on feature films, in the theaters. They're on somebody's TV show. They're owning their own businesses, literally their own 501c3s, their own uh, for-profit companies, their own uh, clothing lines. Their own. I mean, the list goes on and on. They're birthing their own films, their own projects, their own TV shows. They have their own interviewing shows. Um, some of them have their own podcasts now too as well. Like there's so many 
layers to what I've seen. And it's crazy talking about it because sometimes when you're in it, you don't realize how much what you said yes to God, what it's become with and what you said yes to God for has literally changed so many lives and families until you actually begin to talk about it. Like Mm -hmm. I am working on that being more present and giving honor and gratitude to God for what he has done versus sometimes the seasons that we get in where they seems like things are confusing or out of order. or It's like, God, what's going on? But talking about this and in answering your questions, it's like, oh my God, like if I die tomorrow, my, I have a legacy that's being left. Yes. And I never, ever took a moment and actually realize that until literally right now. And that's scary in one way, because I'm 33 years old. I've been doing this for so long, but I'm like, Mm -hmm. it's crazy. What God is revealing to me about your platform, Jess, is that you're going to reopen the eyes of women to it's, it says women's worth podcast. You're going to open the eyes of women to know their worth and where they were and where they are and where they're headed. And I'm literally, as I'm talking, as I'm like, I'm literally seeing all the people that we have invested in, we have believed in when nobody else did and where they are now and where they were when we met them. Oh my God. Amazing. <laughs> like what? So amazing. So that's cra- like, this is crazy. I'm about to cry. This is crazy. Yeah, It's beautiful. Oh and it, it's so it's, you know, it's, wow. I, this is why I love having these kinds of conversations to be honest, because you know, you're not the first woman who's, who I've had on this show that has been like, Jess, your questions actually like almost forced me to look at what I created. No, literally. And I think there's so much, there's so that there's so much power in that because I know me personally, there are times where I feel like I haven't done enough or yeah. I'm not doing enough or there's just this, there, there, there's just so much more, 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 more. And it takes someone very close to me um, or even just in my prayer yeah. where it's revealed to me of look at what you've done. Yes. Look at what you've created. Look yes. at what, look at what I've built for you. Yes. You Jess. know what I mean? Yes. And you just go there and go, uh, okay. Right. Oh. <laughs> you go, right, oh, you're yeah. like, okay, God. Oh, yeah. I kind second. of forgot. Sorry. Right, right, <laughs> <You know>? right. <laughs> but, but so you funny. know, and this is why I love having these conversations yeah. because it gives, you know, it gives you a moment to just really relish in the, in the beauty of that. Yeah, and so, so you know, and so, so talking about your companies and your business in this same way, yeah. you know, what would you like to see for the future of your businesses looking ahead? Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> you're like so much. Do you have another? Hour? Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> um, honestly, I would like to see my businesses one, definitely raising up the next generation of greater Reina's. I want the businesses to be able to function even without me having my hands on them. Um, I ultimately would love to just be preaching full time and doing healing and deliverance all over the world. Um, in the midst of, you know, still my voiceovers and overseeing things. But but right. when it comes to FHG, when it comes to to live, I want them to thrive and to function on their own, where I'm able to just peep in and be like, Oh my gosh, Lord, like it's happening where there's like 50 projects happening at the same time. And everybody's covering different projects. There's other choreographers, Mm -hmm. there's other creative directors, there's other artist developers that I've raised up to be an even greater version of me. Cause I always say legacy is not uh, people raising up the generation to be equal to you. No, it's them standing on your shoulders and going higher than you've ever gone, doing more than what you've ever done and, and, and building greater than what you've ever built. Right. And so I definitely want the companies to, I want those 12 homes all over, you know, in the 12 locations around the world. (laughs) I want, um, performing arts centers for to live where people can come and literally be, uh, cultivated, created and, and, uh, connected and catapulted all in those 12 places around the world. I want the tours to be going consistently. Um, you know, every location once a month, you know, 12 months, 12 locations and, and building out the the legacy of entertainment, like never before in places where people think it's just a dream all because they're out of the United States or all because they, they came from nothing, but yet they have so much talent. They just need someone to see them through God's eyes and be willing to invest in them, you know? Yeah. Um, so that's one thing, but also, um, 
creating a platform where literally everyone can connect to each other and build dreams and visions with each other without um, competition, without feeling like, well, someone's outdoing me or some, if I help them, then my vision's going to fail. No, when you help someone else, when I've helped so many people around this world, my visions have prospered because I helped other people. Mm -hmm. Not because they came back and helped me, but no, because I invested in them, made time to pour into them. And then God brought others or God himself just began to overflow the blessings in my life because I sacrificed time and energy to help be a part of somebody else's vision and dream. Whether if I charged for it or did it pro bono or whatever, you know? Um, So really building out a platform to where nobody's ever without work. I don't want anyone struggling as long as I'm living. I really don't. I don't want people living uh, in cars and on the street and working these regular nine to fives that are killing their feet and their legs when they know that they were brought to their city, state or country to literally be either a dancer, an actor, a writer, producer, director or whatever it is that they're called or ministry, a preacher, a speaker, whatever that thing is. I don't want to be living on this earth and there's still people that are living in poverty unless it's by choice for them. You know what I mean? Like that's just what they want for themselves, but because they have to no, Mm -hmm. that's what I want to break. I want to break. Um, I want to build out, um, the conference. I obviously want it to go all over the world and, and literally even have a cancer free conference. Meaning I've had people that have walked with me, um, in their journeys of battling cancer and God has literally healed them completely. And I'm talking about stage four. I'm talking about wow. traveling throughout their whole body type of cancer. And they did exactly what God had told me to tell them to do through their journaling process and, and, and writing out the past, the present and the things that they're afraid of and the things that have hurt them that they've grown numb to. And literally where I get, I have a voicemail to this day of a woman crying and screaming, crying and saying, it's gone. They can't find the cancer anymore. And, and the doctors even said, that's gotta be God because she did everything the Lord told me to tell her to do. And she did it. And she was healed within like three to four months, no joke and had the worst stage of cancer. And it was literally going throughout her entire body. So it's like, I want to build out its time conference to not just be for women, to be for men, to be for families, to be for diseased, diseased people mm-hmm. that are battling with dis-ease in their life that need to be fully healed. Mm-hmm. Miracle signs and wonders type, like in revivals, revivals that it's time will become a revival yeah. in different countries and third, third world countries and places where Oftentimes Christianity may not be popular, but they welcome us in like God's partnered with me with so many uh, pastors all over the world now that are like, we want to bring you here, want to bring you here, want to bring you here. So next year looks like insane already, which is a blessing. But I'm like, God, this is the beginning of your revival, like the Zeus Street revival, but all over the world and bigger, you know? Um, so there's so much, but like, of course, films, there's so many films that we're working on that we yeah. have inside um that are birthing through my books. Um, I have the one that's out now, the 30 day journey, loving the woman in me, um, that has been changing women's lives all over the world. But the 30 day journey, loving the King in me is next. And 30, 30 day journey, loving the teen in me is after that. And then I have a whole book series that's coming. Um, that God is like, write it now before this year is over. I need you to be obedient. I'm like, uh, uh, uh. I'm <laughs> like, like, okay, okay, God. okay. <laughs> right. And he just said, he's like, it's an epidemic. It's, I, he's like, it's a multi-billion dollar franchise that will never die, that will live on for all the generations. And he's like, I need you to obey my commands and just do it. Yes. Write it out and watch what I do with it. So there's so many levels and layers to, um, to the visions and the companies, but ultimately it's the the releasing sound of it all is that my vision under every entity is that people, when they have an encounter with anyone concerning FHG to live, it's time conference, C4, myself or whatever, that they literally begin to become whole, healed and free, living out their ultimate legacy and no more apologizing for who God has called them to be. That's literally my motto, knowing that they are loved, they are called to be loved and they are love. And that they are to give that to the world with every breath that they take through their gifts, making room for them for his glory. So that's, that's ultimately, that's a, a lot, but it's ultimately, it's the deeply embedded mission of every entity concerning Reina that I know that it has to manifest itself before I leave this earth. I never want someone to come across my path and be able to say that they never have felt love or been loved. I want, whether it's social media, whether it's 
whether it's in person, whether it's live streams, I don't care what it is. Mm -hmm. I need everyone to know that they're loved and that they have a reason to live. And if they ever meet me in person or not, I need them to be able to, when they meet Jesus face to face, they can say that I was loved through his love, you know? Um, I don't need them to mention my name, but I just need them (laughs) to know that they were loved. And most people leave this earth often that have committed suicide or depression or, or even the trafficking situation that's going on with so many people getting their innocence stolen from them. You still deserve love. Mm -hmm. And if I can give that to you in some way, shape or form, whether the ministry or industry, entertainment industry, I have to do that. So that's the ultimate goal in every aspect of my of the businesses and the vision that's on the inside of me. That's amazing. You know, what you're doing is absolutely empowering and it's encouraging. And I think even in regards to the entertainment side of things, you know, I, I did that LA life when I was, you know, studying at the Academy out there. And then afterwards trying to be a working actor, going out on auditions, working as a server. I mean, it was really, really, really difficult. And there were times, you know, where I just wanted to be under a rock. I was just absolutely depressed. I just was just down in the dumps. You know, it, it was, it was really, really difficult and that life is very hard. So with what you're doing with people in the entertainment industry and being able to uplift them and give them the tools and the resources to be able to bring their visions to life is God, I get chills thinking about that because I think about where I was and how difficult that, that is. And so to have had something like that, oh my gosh, you know? So I think what you're doing is, is absolutely wonderful. And I think what you're doing is, is going to be a global thing. Absolutely. And you're going to touch a lot of lives globally. So now if someone wanted to connect with you, what is the best way to go about that? I would say, uh, they can go either, um, www.reyna, R-E-Y-N-A, joy, J-O-Y, banks, B-A-N-K-S.com. Um, everything's on there. Social media. I'm not great with my DMs. Thank God I was when you reached out to I me because I got a new, I got a new sister <laughs> I just friend. snuck in there. <laughs> I know, I know you did. I was so happy. And I was like, hey, um, read this really quick. <laughs> I know, I know. Exactly, exactly. It was so awesome. Um, but I definitely would say either my personal website because you can email from there as well. Um, and I do get back to people. Like I'm not one of those, I'm not one of those people that just go like, okay, nope, didn't see it. Oh, well, but I did see it. No, absolutely not. Um, it may take a day sometimes depending on what day it is, but I definitely reach back that way. And then, uh, to lives as well as www dot www dot. Yeah. The number two L I V V V dot org. You can also email through there, um, and message us and, um, the, best business line number to reach us on is 818-859-6798. Um, and social media platforms are literally exactly how my name is, Raina Joy or Raina Joy Banks, um, F-H-G-E-N-T or F-H-G Entertainment. To Live is to uh, live, L-I-V-V-V. It's Time Conference um, and uh, C4 Management as well. So I always like to close our digital coffee dates with advice or words of wisdom. So what would you tell a woman who may be struggling with how faith fits in with her business? Oh my gosh. Um, wow. I would say, okay. So in the inward aspect and the internal aspect, how faith fits in with business is if you have peace, go with it. If you don't have peace, stand back from it. Mm. That's in that aspect of having faith in your business. If you don't want to be outlandish with it and like, oh, it's a faith-based business. It's a faith-based entertainment company. It's a faith-based production company. It's a faith-based corporation. It's a faith-based clothing line. If you don't want to be that big and loud with it, then I would say one, the main way to keep faith in your, in your process of birthing your entrepreneurship or whatever it is that you're doing is wherever the peace is, is where God is. And to stay in that space and to move accordingly with seeking him, seek his kingdom first and all its righteousness and all of the things shall be added unto you. As long as you're seeking God 
and literally everything will be added unto you. I've literally seen it with my own eyes where when you keep God the center of what you're doing and what you're birthing, there's no limits to what he wants to do, when he's going to do it, how he's going to do it and who he wants to use in order to manifest it for you. The second way externally, um, how you make God a part of your business and vision is truly finding out what it is that God is truly telling you to do. Not what you want to do, but what that thing that pulls deeply inside your heart that where you go to sleep at night and you're like, ah, and it's on your mind, it's on your psyche, it's in your heart, it's in your spirit, it's in the like the deep depth layers of your belly. And you're like, whoa, but you don't know what it looks like. You don't know how to do it. You don't know, okay, where am I getting the resources, whatever. And at that very moment, Oftentimes it's God saying like, let me partner with you. And when God is saying, let me partner with you, it's because he wants to build his kingdom on earth through you on his behalf. And I would say the way to include God in what you're doing is seeking him on the name of the business, seeking him on the blueprint of the business, seeking him on the who, what, when, where, how, and why of the business what what um what uh demographics is it going to reach what's the purpose and intention of this product business vision dream uh production whatever it is it's making sure that it's in alignment with who he is and who he says you are and not going against the grain of god yes we will often go against the grain of this world but we don't want to go against the grain of God because what we do for Christ will last, like we said earlier, and what we do with Christ will always prosper and it will live on to the generations even after you and bless the ones that came in before you. So I would say always um, one journaling, how I got most of my businesses, how I understood what they were, what they were called to be, is I sat down and I wrote out the vision of what God was telling me. I didn't make sense right when I did it, but now that I look back, it totally makes sense. And if I wouldn't have just stepped out on faith and did it, I wouldn't be where I am now, even though it was questionable, even though it was doubtful. And even though it was like, well, why me? God said, well, why not you? <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's the way uh, to answer it is that making sure that he's at the forefront of everything that you do um, and not moving without him, but moving with him consistently and not allowing self to get in the way with self-sabotaging or counting yourself out when God says, I've already accounted you for this or feeling unworthy when God says, I've already counted you worthy of this mm-hmm. or saying, I can't when God already says, no, you can, because I've already done it for you in heaven. I'm just waiting to manifest it on earth, but I need you to see. Sometimes the only work that he wants us to do is by seeing ourselves the way that he sees us and believing in what he's told us and showed us. Sometimes that is the work. When it says faith without works is dead, sometimes it's not always talking about work the vision, work the vision, work yourself to death. No, the work sometimes is sitting in his presence, being still and knowing that he is God because God does more work while we're sleeping than when we're awake. Literally, I've seen it. I will wake up and another miracle has come to pass. I didn't even do anything for it to happen all because I rested in his presence. I took care of Raina. I did self-care. I nurtured myself. He says, go see a movie, go see a movie by myself, whatever. If he says, go get a massage, I'll go get a massage because he told, like it's being so sensitive to his voice in even our self-care moments so that we're so sensitive to his voice in his God-fulfilling moments. God just wants to bless his kids. But oftentimes we get in the way of our own blessings because we don't believe that we're capable of walking out what he's promised us. Sometimes all it starts with believing and speaking. And I always say, just say your I am. If you don't believe it, say, no, I am a Fortune 500 uh, or a billion dollar company owner, CEO, whatever that thing is, or I'm an award-winning podcast developer or showrunner, whatever that thing is, it's speaking it until you believe it Mm -hmm. so that God can manifest it on earth as he has already done in heaven. Because everything that we experience now in the tangible sense has already been done prior to us experiencing it. It's just a matter of us being able to be positioned in order for him to release it to us, not to where we're going to mess it up, but to where we're going to openly say, okay, God, let's do this, you know? Um, And so I would really say that is just making him a part of every process even when we're unsure, even when we don't know, or even when we do know, and we're very sure, still making God first over everything because nothing will prosper 
to its fullest capacity without him. He knows the beginning to the end. He knows that we are called to be the head and not the tail above and not beneath first and not last. But if we don't seek him on and if we don't uh, get his, uh, his unctionings and be sensitive to his voice and his spirit, then we could make ourselves from being first back to being last. We could make ourselves from being the head back to being the tail. We could make ourselves uh, from being um, uh, above and putting ourselves back to being beneath all because we thought that we could do it without him. I just say, keep God in act, keep God active in every moment and all things will be added unto you and you will prosper hands down. So that's what I would kind of give to any and every woman that has a dream to birth Uh, their own business or their ministry, or even if they're working for a company, but they have another entity they want to add on to it, being bold enough to go to that boss and say, Hey, this is what I've been seeing. This is what I've been feeling. But knowing that doing it when God tells you to do it, because when God tells you to do it, the favor will be there. That was good. (laughs) Yay. Yes. Well, Ray, it was truly, truly a blessing having you on the show and learning about both your ministry as a woman of faith and in business. And I really look forward to seeing the lives that you continue to impact in such a profound way. Thank you, Jess. Same here, Pumpkin. I'm so excited for you. Thank you. I love what you're doing and I'm so grateful to be a part of this and just to share this moment with you and and just seeing you prosper in what God has put inside of you is everything. I know we're new sister, new sister friends <laughs> in Christ, but still it's just like, it's a blessing to see you take something and literally say, okay, I'm not going to stop until it comes to fruition. And that's literally what you're doing. And 2020s, I know that it's going to be literally Epic. your year. Epic. I know it. Like I can feel it. I can feel it. I could, I could taste it. For I could se- us, smell it. For it's both be, of us, oh, 2020. Honey. Oof. Yes, ready. yes, it's going to be, it's going to be fire, honey. Yes. It's going to be fire. Yes. So I just, I can't wait to, I can't wait to see what God's going to do. And I'm so happy to be a part of your life and have you in mind. And, and just, I can't wait to come for your launch. Oh my God. Like I'm already ready for that. And just all the things to come and the journey that God has ahead of us is going to be insane. So I salute you queen. Um, and I'm just so proud of you and so excited for what's next for you. Thank you for listening to The Digital Coffee Date, where inspiration ignites meaningful action. Be sure to visit thedigitalcoffeedate.com to sign up for your free membership where you can go beyond our digital coffee dates and discuss episode topics on our growing digital community.